Good evening. It is time for today's tax talk. I'm your host. I'm attorney Stephen Leahy. Um, as our intro says, talks about the is an OIC, which is an offer and compromise. Has the IRS just made it easier? Well, let's find out. That's what we're going to talk about today on today's tax talk. Uh, today is Thursday, November, the 18th day of November. I always have to stop and think. 18th day of November, the year of our Lord, 2021. And offers some compromise, one of the six ways you can solve your IRS problem. So we're going to talk about today. Won't you join us? Again, welcome back to the show. Uh, you know, the I always talk about if you've seen anything of my uh, uh, that I've done, I've had a lot of videos out there, and I usually talk about the six things you can do if you owe the IRS money. One of those six things is the offer and compromise. Now, one thing about the offer and compromise is it isn't easy to get. And so there's some uh, new news today about the offer and compromise in the taxpayer advocate. Maybe I should tell you what the taxpayer advocate is. The Taxpayer Advocate Service is an independent arm of the IRS that uh, tries to sol help taxpayers solve IRS problems because the IRS is a complicated bureaucracy. Go figure. And uh, and so there's this eight, they have a bureaucracy within the bureaucracy to help them <laughs> go through the bureaucracy. So I don't know. Does that make any sense to you? It doesn't really to me. Sometimes, to be honest with you, sometimes the the uh, taxpayer help advocate has been a big help to our office, and so uh, sometimes that they are helpful, but oftentimes they're not, and they're not really there to help you uh, get away, you know, or, or really come up with the best solution. Uh, I'm trying to come up with because I got some stats here about the about the the uh, collections we're going to talk about. Want to make sure that they were up. Um, and that's what we're going to talk about. The, uh, you know, again, one of the six things you can do is now what I tell everybody, all, everybody comes to see me. If I asked 500 of my clients who wants an offer and compromise, 500 people will raise their hand. I want one of those. I want one of those. Everybody wants an offer and compromise and very few people get them. And so now the IRS, again, they, there's this news, the taxpayer advocate came out with, uh, well, let's just go to the, let's go to the story. And, uh, okay, so here's the story. On accounting today, IRS relaxes OIC policies. And OIC is the offer and compromise. The Internal Revenue Service agreed to ease its policy for low-income taxpayers who are trying to settle their tax debts and still get tax refunds uh, after the head of the Taxpayer Advocate Service asked for relief. Uh National Taxpayer Advocate Erin Collins used to be, I had her name right at the top of my tongue here before I saw Erin Collins, but she's fairly new to this job. Um, and she announced the policy change in the blog post on Monday. I have the blog post here. Uh, 
but IRS initiates new favorable offer and compromise policies. They are favorable policies. What it is is when when you offer when you ask for an offer and compromise, part of the offer is again the money that you're you're um, offering based on a calculation by this form six fifty six or the four thirty three form, uh, and. So it's not where and people often think, you know, an offer is you go to the IRS and say, you know, IRS, I know I owe you, you know, 35000 Will you take ten? Will you take fifteen? I can pay it right away. That's not how it works. The IRS is going to look at your finances through the CIS or the form uh, 433 or the 656 form. and Very similar. And it's just a, the package. The 656 form is the package of the uh, offering compromise and the different worksheets that are involved. And they, they look at your income and your expenses and your assets and determine what they can get from you. And then that's what they try to settle it for. Um, and again, that's what, that's what most everybody wants. But part of the agreement also is that while it's pending, they still take your tax refund. And so if you ever owe the IRS any money, you know that if you have a refund coming, the IRS is going to take that refund. You're not going to get a refund. If you owe the IRS money, they're taking the refund, right? You owe them money. They're not going to give you the money that they're holding the viewers back. They're keeping that money. And uh, you, in, in some offers and compromise, you have to put a 20% deposit down, whatever that offer is. You have to give them 20%. And of course, that's non-refundable. You're not getting that money back because you owe them money, right? They're not going to give it back. And so also part of it is the when they finally determine and and um, okay or or approve of the offer and compromise, and sometimes that's in a different year. So I I put my offer in, I'm supposed to get a refund. I don't get the refund. The next year I get the offer is approved. That year's refund is also taken, even if it hasn't been issued yet. If it's in January, you're gonna if you have a refund coming for that last year, you're not getting that money. They're taking. So this new program, this new approval is really for people with hardships that they're not going to take that uh, first if they approve of, uh, and this goes to for all offers and compromise. If they approve the offer and compromise, then they're going to, uh, they're, go they're not going to take your refund, right? So if they approve the offer, the year that they approve that offer, they will not take your, your uh, refund. Well, that's pretty good. Uh, and then, and those that, if you could show a hardship, a real, then if you have a offer pending and you can show that you need that money to pay your, uh, ongoing bills, they will agree to let you keep that money. Now you have to apply and it's not, and it's, it's not very difficult. I mean, not very easy. I've never had done this for any, most of my clients are not low income. And again, this is a new program. Uh, this is the, uh, what do they call it? The, they have all these acronyms. So it's the OBR. The acronym stands for Offset Bypass Refund. So the Offset Bypass Refund. Now, and so I put this up on our, you know, our our thumbnail today is, uh, and here's the thumbnail. Are, have, the, have OICs just gotten easier? And the answer is for some, but not for most of us. And here, and here, and this is why I wanted to talk about this and bring this up. And then most people, you know, if they see a question, 
uh, have have office in compromise? They answer, well, yeah, they must have gotten easier. And again, they have gotten easier for some people. But here's the cold, hard truth. <coughs> Excuse me. The cold, hard truth is this. Oh, and I'm going to, let me pull this up because I have it. I have the, these are the new statistics for 2020. So let me go back to mine. These are the new t- statistics for 2020. From the, these are directly from the IRS. And you go to the IRS website and get these numbers yourself. So table 25, delinquent collection activities, fiscal 2019 and 2020 tax years. So here's the two thousand. Here's what they call collections. A collection case is when you owe the IRS money at the end of the year. You owe them money. Have you come up with some sort of remedy, right? And that's the this what this is showing. How many cases they had. So at the beginning, gross yet unpaid. Let's go back. Um, number of beginning inventory was eleven eleven million two hundred thirty thousand cases. Now remember, this is COVID, so they only got four million five hundred ninety-eight new cases in, and they settled seven point four million, seven million four hundred one thousand four hundred fifty-two. All right, the IRS is, is chock full of statistics. So here's the statistics: they solved, or, or, uh, uh, they, I wouldn't say solved, but they they closed seven point four million cases. Now that includes all cases. Uh, could be uh, an installment agreement. Could be that it's beyond the statute of limitation. Could be a, a, a uh, currently not collectible status. But they have a number here for uh, offers and compromise. So here's the offers and compromise here. Let's pull it up to the top so you can see it well. <coughs> so here's the offers and compromise. I hope you can see these numbers. So 2020 is the one on the right. Uh, number of offers received. 44,809. That's how many offers were, were received. How many offers were of those 44,000? Attorney Leahy, how many were, were accepted? Well, here's the number. 14,288. 14,288 cases in 2020 were accepted for offers and compromise. Now, remember, there was 7.4 million cases settled. Of those 7.4 million cases, 14,288 were offers in compromise. So that's less than a, a quarter of 1% of all cases are settled this way. And so if this is where, and I get people call me all the time and say, Attorney Leahy, I want you to do an offer in compromise for me. Well, generally, I won't take those cases because you're off. Sometimes it's, it's not the right way to solve it, generally. And usually, if you're doing an offer and compromise, all you're doing is causing yourself more heartache because it prolongs your IRS problem. And it adds to the to this uh, the balance because while it's pending, and sometimes these things pend for a, a year, sometimes longer now with COVID, in the meantime, you're still acu- accumulating interest. And the, the interest is, is, so you're going to add more, you're going to owe more when they deny you and they will deny you. In this case here, this is less like 24% or 20%, whatever that number is there. Uh, uh, roughly 20% are, are uh, accepted. That means 80% of those put forth are uh, denied, you know, and they just are. And that's actually a higher percentage than it ever was. It used to be 
some years ago is at 14%, 11%, you know, in that area that were of the offers presented were accepted. And now it's a little, it's higher now because they did change this with the, the uh, um, fresh start initiative. So I had a client yesterday calling me, hey, you know, I really want one of these. And I was telling him about the offer and how difficult it is. And he said, well, what about the Fresh Start program? I had to say, this is the Fresh Start program, right? And, and the in, the improvement, it did, they did accept more, but they don't accept very many. And that's that's just the cold, hard truth. And that's why I wanted to put that up because I want people to say, well, I want, how, is it easier to get an offer compromise? And the answer is not really, it isn't. Uh, and most people are not going to get one. And it's not really the way you want to go. And too many people are led down that road to believe that this is the this is, even by the IRS, right? They'll say, "Let me send you a package. Let you know, fill out this fill out this uh, form, and we'll and you can get an uh, an offer of compromise." And then you go through, "Hey, the IRS themselves told me I could do this," and then you fill it out, and then you don't get one uh, because and for many reasons. And 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 you have to, there's three things you have to show uh, about the collectability or doubt the liability or for efficient tax purposes. There's three different ways you can get an offer. Uh, again, not usually the way you're going to go. And that's why I wanted to put that up. Uh, oh, I wanted to talk about one more thing before I go. Let me see how much time I have. I have, I have some time. So what I wanted to do now, you, you might notice that the, now they call, they don't call it the reconciliation bill anymore. Now they're calling it the build back better plan. It's the build back better plan. And the Build Back Better plan uh, is uh, is now in, it didn't pass. Many of uh, both parties have asked for the Congressional Budget Office to score it. And the Congressional Budget Office does this for most bills, right? They How much is it going to cost? And then they look at the income and, you know, the money that it's generating and the money that it's spending, and they come up whether it's a deficit or, and usually the numbers are rough and they're way off, usually. And they, but they're not usually way off for the government's, for them, it's usually for the taxpayer that they're way off because they say things aren't going to cost what they really do cost, which is much more than they say that they're going to cost. And they usually say they're going to collect a lot more money than they actually do collect. But here's the new, here's the new twist on this. You're going to be seeing a lot of this in the news. Remember, I talked about the three boogeymen. Well, now they have some something else to go after. See, so the Build Back Better acts investments in the IRS, not spending on the IRS. Right? They're they're spending eighty. They want to spend eight hundred or eighty billion dollars over ten years to increase the IRS size seventy percent, seventy percent, or more. And, uh, and they said, well, the IRS will substantially reduce the tax gap. And that's one of those, right? They want all oh, the tax gap. That's what they're after. That's what they're, uh, we got to get that down. And in this, uh, in this um, story, and I'm going to read this or even stuff, but uh, in, I, let me just look at the headline. Increased IRS funding would raise revenue, reverse longstanding neglect, and address inequalities. Is that really the purpose of what the IRS is supposed to do? Address inequalities? The CBO's official score will likely exclude savings from tax enforcement due to scoring conventions. And again, as I mentioned, most of these, most of the time they don't come anywhere near what they really cost, what they cost. It's always an over-exaggeration. Estimates of, uh, estimates of tax compliance revenue err on the side of caution and should be taken into account notwithstanding more conservative CBO analysis. So they said, don't worry about what this, even 
you want this, you wanted the CBO analysis, don't look at the CBO analysis because it's not going to be something that we like. So here's another, here's another one. Opinion from the Washington Post. IRS reform will generate a lot more revenue than the CBO thinks. And as I mentioned, usually the CBO says it's going to gather more money than it actually does. So now we're being told, don't worry about what the CBO says. We, we, we got to pass this anyway. We're going to get it. It's going to be zero sum. And then this, I think in this article or the other article before. Uh, the largest offset in the Build Back Better Act is not a tax increase. Instead, it's an $80 billion investment to restore a depleted IRS. And as I, as many of you may know, that I don't believe that the, the IRS has been depleted. And I can show you why that is, and I have on, on many occasions, and I'd be happy to do it again. The Treasury Department expects this transformative investment investment to generate $480 billion, $480 billion net in additional tax collections over the course of the next Well, this is half what they were saying just two months ago. They were telling us two months ago that it was going to be a, a trillion dollars, and they were going to gather a trillion. Now it's $480 billion. So somehow it got cut in half. I don't know where that comes from. But and, and then to say that is a large sum, but it's all, it is important to put in the context, given the scope of the tax evasion problem. Do we have a tax evasion problem, people? How many people do you know that are evading taxes? Not very many. Over the past 10 years, to collect $7 trillion owed. This is, and this is the numbers are being uh, exaggerated because they don't have those numbers. These are all guests. Anyway, I wanted to put that out there because I want you to keep an eye out for this because this is what's happening, right? That they're going to come up with these uh, reasons why that that uh, this has to be passed and don't worry about the CBO and the CBO is going to come out with these numbers, but it doesn't matter because they're all fight. They're all false numbers. When the when the CBO numbers, and they're, all, they're almost always folks, uh, uh, false, right? Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, almost always false, but all they're usually on their on the Congress's side. So Congress usually wants to use those numbers to ram through things that are false. But this time, even the CBO's numbers don't back what they're saying. So they're saying, "Oh, don't worry about them." Yes, I know that they're usually on our side, and but these numbers are way off. We're going to get more money than this. Well, I don't know. Just think about it. I just want you to be aware of that because you're going to be seeing a lot of this. There's going to be story after story after story about how the CBO numbers are wrong and how the IRS is going to collect way more money than this. And it's going to bake everything well. And everything's fine because we have a lot of tax cheats out there and they're just not paying their fair share. Okay, so uh, so I just want to bring that to your attention now. Okay, so, uh, you know, so actually, again, I'm on to offering compromise is one way to fight the IRS. What do you know about the, IRS, the offering compromise? Well, if you don't know anything about it, the first thing you got to do is get a copy of my book. Deal with your IRS problem today. It talks about the offer and compromise, what that is, how that works. And if you go to the free irsbook.com where you can get a free copy of my book, uh, I will also give give you a membership to our uh, to our site each and every chapter in electronic form. So you got a Com, uh, get yourself get yourself in there. Dot com. If you want a hard copy, I'm going to ask you to pay for the for a small shipping and handling fee. But if you don't, just put your information in there. Don't give me your credit card information, and I'll make sure you get a, you get access to the membership site. 
with all that free stuff that I just talked about. Okay, so so do that for me, won't you? And in the meantime, thank you to this page. Uh, I can't get the word out without your help. So I'm asking for your help to like and subscribe. So thanks so much for joining us here today. Uh, I really do appreciate it. It's, a, uh, it's always a lot of fun. I hope you have as much fun as I do. And uh, we'll s now tomorrow, again, tomorrow's Friday. Remember, I have the Watch Talk Radio podcast on Friday where we interview trusted professionals and uh, talk about the IRS hour. That's at 2 o'clock. Uh, on the venue or the, the uh, platform that you're watching right now. So thanks so much for joining us. And uh, I look forward to seeing you again next week to, for today's tax talk. And tomorrow, oh, one more thing. <laughs> on Saturday, I'm going to be on uh, WGN, Let's Talk Legal with uh, John Hansen. And uh, again, it's at, I think it's seven, 6 o'clock or 6.30, I think I'm going to be on. Let, let's Talk Legal with John Hansen on WGN Radio on, on Saturday evening. So join us there too. I know I'm uh, trying to be in a lot of places so I can, so I can get, <laughs> okay. So, so again, if you have any questions, you know, make sure you get in touch with us. Uh, thanks so much for watching and we look forward to seeing you again very soon. Mm -hmm.